Yo, y'all listen up. I got something to say. I'm going to speak the truth to you, but some of y'all, you took a shortcut of convenience this summer. You was like, coach ain't here. The season's weeks away. I got time. Are you kidding me? As a college athlete, you got four, maybe five years to be great or be forgotten. So are you home taking it easy? Somebody else is out there in the heat just about killing itself to make their name great. But you got time. Yeah, 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 yeah. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down of my soul. And I don't back down out at all. Find out when the cannons explode. From the sidelines down to the post. Put it down like night even close. All out to the last whistle blow. Hi guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. Hope everybody's doing good today. We're going to be doing another just talking about college football, having a grand time. We got, you know, Mr. Kraft here, our fun, fun host, as well as the Lebanese Stallion himself over in the other corner. (laughs) And fight. (laughs) And fight. Well, thank you for the intro, and here we are to drop down the knowledge of week one recap and the knowledge to help you choose your picks for week two. Not only that, we're going to give you a little bit of taste on some special stuff that not many people know happened last week. Um, Something that was very interesting, you know, Aaron and I happened to go to the game last week, and we went to the Duke-Clemson game. We saw Duke destroy Clemson in a game that was – not many passes thrown past the 10-yard marker. You know, most passes were within 10 yards. Mostly a running game. A lot of turnovers both side, both teams. I mean, you know, we had probably about, I think, a total of seven or eight turnovers, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, between picks and fumbles. So um, it, it was a little rough. You know, Clemson struggled in the red zone, but they were okay bringing the ball down the down the field. Um, Duke. I don't want to talk about it. Duke's quarterback can run the ball pretty well. Good decision-making on when to run and when to throw. But neither one's arm was there that game for either team. Um, so that that's a quick recap. But based off of that, we know that USC, South Carolina, lost to UNC last week, right? So that's two teams that lost to North Carolina schools from South Carolina. I'm going to make it another team for you guys. South SC Upstate, South Carolina Upstate, lost to Charlotte University. So UNC Charlotte, right? That makes the state of South Carolina against the state of North Carolina 0-3 last week. They are beneath us. This is true. This is true. So, you know, dropping some knowledge and some facts on Uh, (laughs) y'all. I saw that, and I was like, man, I didn't even realize UNC Charlotte played a South Carolina school last week. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I think, I think we're in store for some interesting, interesting teams playing well early in the season versus interest, some teams that were like, man, I thought they were going to be a lot better like LSU compared to Florida state. Uh, we did have one person call that game and that's because he hates LSU with a burning passion. I think it's almost as strong, if not stronger than his like for Alabama. Aaron was the only one to call the FSU game. No one um, likes LSU. It's just a dream. There, like, it's just a lie. All this is a lie. No what you say, it's a lie. So, so we have that. That was the only one. Um, even though we all called TCU to win that game, uh, Dakota and I, as you guys may know, we're really big on Colorado and Coach Prime. We just didn't know how they were going to come out first game. 
I'm excited to see how they are against Nebraska this week. We are going to call this game, but I was just recapping about, you know, Colorado with that major victory over TCU. Um, Another big game that happened last week was – no, we pretty much said all the big games last week. Um, Most of the games weren't really – huge. There was a handful of big ones after that. It wasn't a whole lot. Right. You know – so, I mean, I was just trying to remember. I thought we had called one more game besides that, but that was it. Um, we were going to call a different game, which was Texas Tech-Wyoming, just to get a feel, but we didn't. We decided against that. So what was y'all's reaction to the games last week? I guess we'll go ahead and throw it over to Dylan, and we can start it out there. My biggest surprise last week was Ohio State. They did not play to the caliber that we thought they were, only, they were going to play. They only played in the rankings this year. Yeah, they they only put up twenty three points mm-hmm. to and an Indiana team that wasn't really that good. You know, they're not they're not good enough to hold Ohio State to twenty three points. And I'm sorry to any of y'all Hoosier fans out there; they just weren't, and that's just a simple fact. Not for an Ohio State team that stacked like this one was. So not not well, offensively, quarterback wise, they're still learning. I you know that's trying to figure out who's going to be the starter, but at the same time, wide receiver wise, it is wide receiver you. So they yeah, McCord, McCord didn't really play that well. Yeah. Um, he didn't raise any eyebrows, that's for sure. So yeah. I think they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and really, like, evaluate these quarterbacks again. I'm sure Devin, Devin Brown's going to get some time here soon to really show if he can be that next quarterback. Cause a lot, and that's week one. I mean, it's very early to tell, but he, he just didn't do what everybody thought that he was going to. And I think that was the biggest surprise out of the whole entire weekend. Yeah. I, I mean that that I feel like that is uh that is one of the surprises this weekend. Um Aaron, we'll throw it to you. Who was your big surprise this weekend? Uh my honestly was the same with Ohio. I mean, well, more Colorado than anything, because I knew Prime Coach Prime is a hell of a coach. He did the same thing when they were at the other school. Jackson's- but I didn't expect him to have such a caliber like that. I didn't I honestly I'll be truthful, I didn't know how well Travis Hunter would actually, you know, go into a bigger school and play. But I mean, he's he's one hell of an athlete. I mean, I think he should be the Heisman this year. He is. He played. I think it was over 120. Yeah, he played over 60 percent of offense and played over 80 percent of defense Mm -hmm. at one point. It's just they they say unreal just how good he is. And Mm -hmm. going back to the Ohio State thing, yes, they had some issues, but. They have a tune-up game this week, so there's probably all going to get sorted out. Then we'll be right back on the train, just chugging along. I don't remember who they play this week, though. Hey, you don't need to remember. It just <laughs> counted as a W, and keep running forward. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, the Colorado game. I, I'm big on Coach Prime. I really like how he coaches. You know, coming from a guy who lo- who wants to coach, um, I, I think his coaching style is one of the best in the country, especially at the at the collegiate football level. Um, he's proven that he's a winner from the day he was born, pretty much, you know, cutting his own umbilical cord to winning uh, titles everywhere he went. So, you know, being a three-sport athlete and everything, he knows what winning is uh, at all different levels. So, you know, that that wasn't a too big of a surprise for me. I was just surprised at how much uh, his son, the quarterback, could throw the ball, you know, 510 yards. That was just uh, mind blowing to me. Hunter was amazing that day. Um, if he can sustain what he did that day to the rest of the season, which I don't know if he can, because it is a college football season, not a high school football season. Um, so the, the, the 
the quality of competition is going to be a little bit better and a little bit harder. So he might not be able to play 120 snaps both on uh, both sides of the ball together, but he could probably put up like 70, 80 snaps like that. Um, but my biggest surprise was Clemson, and it wasn't because like you know you know who you have in Shipley, you know that their defense is always going to be like decent there. Um, but wide receiver, wide receivers weren't there. They didn't have any, um, a lot of drop balls on their part. Quarterback wise, I thought their backup number 17, I don't remember his name, but he looks better than their actual starting quarterback. Um, same with Duke. Duke had a better, I think, second string quarterback than they did a first string quarterback. That That's just personal. That boy threw the ball so well. We were oh, watching I, on the sideline. That man threw a pretty. Let me, let me say it this way. This is. I would say he's Cam Newton 2.0 from the 2015 season with a better arm. Yeah, he's very good. And about 6'3", 6'4". And going back to the Clemson thing, I mean, I heard it best. I forgot from what station I was listening to, but Duke played serious football. Clemson, they didn't play serious football, and that's the reason. Their quarterback never showed up. I think he was left on the bus, to be honest. Maybe he might have still been down in Clemson, South Carolina. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so. well, a lot of that, too, you got, you really got to look at it. Like, a lot of his momentum was taken away from the first series and how many drops that he saw. Yeah. Like, yeah. between the first series to the first half, like, he had so many drop balls. I mean, he threw over for he threw for over 50% on the, on the game, which, I mean, at, at Clemson, that's not great, especially with the caliber quarterbacks they've always had. But at the same time, whenever you're having that many drop balls, you're having that many possessions being ended by fumbles, especially down in the red zone. By the like, same player every time. You can't you can't sit here and keep blaming a quarterback because no, no, he no. did not play that bad. That's what everybody keeps on looking at. It's like, well, he didn't play great. He did not play bad. That I was, was I, I personally was disappointed in him. Um because every time he took a shot downfield, it was either underthrown. Which is understandable, like you said, you're not in a rhythm, so it's understandable that you're not in, you know, you're not. And you gotta remember too, he hasn't played. Yeah, I mean, he only played a handful of times last year in the ACC championship, and I think one or two other games for a handful of plays or so. Um, But But he he hasn't played at all, so it's not. I mean, you you can't you can't sit here and and blame the quarterback entirely whenever it's on the whole entire system. Plus, why is your defense allowing Duke that? Their quarterback, he only threw for 175 yards. And he was the leading rusher on the team, too. So how are they throwing this many points? But the real reason is because of the fumbles that are leading to Duke having very short possessions. Interception. And how do you go from having Shipley take the ball down the whole way and then you don't even use them in the red zone? Yeah, and that's that's terrible play calling. Yeah, and and that that's what my biggest thing was too. Besides watching a little bit of everything, but that was my biggest. But it was cool to me because this was the first time I ever got to see the Goodyear blimp in action, uh, flying high in the sky. So if you if you want to check it out, go check out our Instagram page. You'll see it there at the athletes table, uh, official. Um, you'll be able to check it out and see it there. And so you'll see a little bit of the entry and see what the what the game was like at uh, Wallace Wade Stadium. This weekend, you'll be able to check it out and see what goes on at uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium when we bring in Marshall University down to Greenville, North Carolina for the first time in about 50 years. Uh, they're celebrating the lives of those of that tragic night in 1973 when the Marshall plane crashed in West Virginia, causing everybody who was on that plane to 
to lose their life. Uh, so we give a shout out to all their families and hope that they're able to make it down here to watch the game and to be in the celebration of their lives. But um, yeah, we just wanted to give a little bit of shout out there. But now we're going into our week two celebration here. Um, and when I mean celebration, celebration and having college football back and having football back in general at the NFL starting this week. Quick take for you guys. What is y'all's thoughts on the game last night with the Detroit Lions beating the Kansas City Chiefs? Kadarius Tony deserves to get an MVP for all that absolute crap hands. <laughs> but man, the funny thing is I saw a video just the night before where they were talking about, oh, he was talking about like, oh, like, oh screw you, New York. Screw you, I got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, but now you can't catch. You caused a pick six. Yeah. It was in that, your hands. And the way Holy he caught hell. that ball where he leaned back just a little bit and snagged it, he slowed himself down up. That was dirty. He's just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, what was your take on that game? I don't know uh, if you caught it or not. It was it was eye-opening. I mean, Mahomes only throwing for 226 yards. Uh their rushing attack was barely nothing. I mean, Mahomes was their leading rusher in that game as well. He, that's not winning football. That's, Maybe they should have kept every kill. That's not uh, typical well, Kansas City football. Big problem was Kelsey wasn't there. That, yeah. And you had Chris Jones not there on the defensive side of the ball. But I do want to ask you guys this. I know this is still in the NFL uh, because it was breaking news. I believe it was either Thursday morning or Wednesday afternoon. Nick Bosa is the highest played defensive player in the country right now at 100. He's guaranteed 122 and a half million, but can get up to 177, 175 million. Um, where Chris Jones, the leading tackler and defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, still has yet a deal to be made. So what do you guys think? Do you think Kansas City will give a deal after last night's game to Chris Jones, or do you think – and do you think he'll be the highest-paid defensive player in the country? I think he's going to have to see how the season progresses. There's still a lot of time. you got to see if he'll show up. I mean, he's shown up for many years in the past, but new season, you well, never he's, know. He's holding out now because he wants that money. He's waiting for that bag to come in, so he's holding out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, so, but I don't do, do the Chiefs even have the money to give him that would even come close to matching what Bosa makes because Mahomes has gotten paid a lot. That's, it, that's, it, a, that's a lot a of money. If, if Patrick Mahomes didn't make that that $300 million uh, contract, he, they might have had enough for him because you got to realize too the, the San Francisco 49ers, their starting quarterback is on their rookie deal. Um, most of that defense has been signed for at least another couple of years. And then the offense, all they had to worry about was Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey still on his Carolina Panthers contract, that basis. And then you have um, Brandon Ayuk, who's still on. I, it's either his rookie deal or it's in his that like uh, fifth year, you know, the four plus one year for that rookie deal. Um, I can't remember which one it is, but he's on that as well. So everybody's going to that offensive side of the ball this year will be probably signed or re-signed sometime soon, except for Brock Purdy. Um but you guys ready to get into some picks for week two? Yeah. All right. All right we're going to start it off with a uh, very easy one, in my opinion. We're going to go down to Vandy versus Wake Forest this Saturday. I always bet against Vandy, especially after this <laughs> said, we want Bama. And then the man immediately got absolutely shut out by Bama. Yeah. After going 3-0 and that season. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted Bama after three games. Absolutely ludicrous. But, <clears throat> hey, good for him. He tried, I guess. I really don't know. Hey, he, he was trying to bring the pressure. Nobody could back it up. <sighs> so, do you have a score that you think that would be? Not really. I've kind of given up on scores on games like that <laughs> just because we always think it's high scoring. And the offense is like, I don't know how to throw the ball or run the ball. It's like, well, <laughs> here we are again. Yeah. Dylan, what so, do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Wake on this one as well. I don't trust Vanderbilt at all. Um, that's just – that's a typical typical mindset I have with, with Vanderbilt and most of yeah. the other schools in the SEC. Um, I'm going to go with Wake, and I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Um, I think whoever hits 20 points is going to win this game in all honesty. So, we're going to go Wake Forest 21, Vandy 13. Okay. I kind of like that. I agree with that. I definitely think Wake Forest is going to win. Um, they've kind of shown that no matter what, even though Sam Hartman's not there anymore, they still have a lot of talent on that team offensively and defensively. Uh, and they kind of showed it a little bit last week when they played um, that they still have some key pieces there. So I, I'm kind of with you guys. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I, I definitely think Wake Forest will be like right around that 18 to 21 point marker. But I think Vandy might only be held to seven points. Um, so tomorrow there's a night game. It's at seven o'clock. Uh, Notre Dame, NC State here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Right in my backyard. Sadly. Notre Dame's going to win. I'd rather watch NC State win, but Notre Dame isn't at the point in the season where they fall off a cliff. They will. Don't get me wrong. Notre Dame really likes to fall off a cliff when it counts the most. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's going to – it's not going to be this You game. think it's going to be a high-scoring game? Notre Dame-wise, yes. NC State, no. Notre Dame's definitely going to be higher. They're, they're, kind of, they're kind of playing well after Navy. Yeah. What do, what do you think the score is? Um, let's go with 35 to 14. Okay. Dylan. So fun fact, um, the last three, the last two games that Sam Hartman has played against NC state, he's thrown three picks. Um, so it's not trending very well in his, in his direction, but different level of talent now. Different level. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm leading towards Notre Dame. They've got such a star studded lineup for them. And, State did not impress me against Connecticut. No. They uh their quarterback play just didn't look great. He ran the ball well, but throwing wise, he missed a lot of open receivers. And I'm sorry if UConn can keep up with you. I'm sorry to y'all Husky fans, but if UConn can keep up, then odds are you're not a very good football team. So I'm gonna go with Notre Dame in this one. I think it's gonna be the same way. Um, I'm gonna go with it's gonna be a 30 to 10 ball game. Okay. We're all kind of falling in that same realm. Uh, I went a little bit lower on Notre Dame's side. I, I think their offensive line is arguably in the first week or two was one of the better offensive lines that you could have seen out there. Um, so I think that's really going to make the difference because when he was at Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, I think something sometimes he felt a little rushed. So, and he felt he had people in the pocket. So as he threw, I don't think he followed his motion all the way through where now he has that ability to. Um, I don't, I think it's going to be Notre Dame for sure. Uh, I'm kind of going 28-13 Notre Dame. Okay. Um, our next game is not a super huge one, but we all know how App State plays. They always come in at these random times and will show up and they'll, you know, whether they win or lose, 
they end up putting a fight up against another team. And last year, the reason why I chose this game was because last year in um, App State's home field in Boone, North Carolina, it was a lot closer. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it went into OT against UNC last year. So this year, App State is coming to Chapel Hill and they're playing UNC. Um, who do you all got? You first, Dylan. I'm not 100% soul on either yet. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, the I'm going to go with UNC. Um, I don't think it's going to be that close of a matchup this year. I know App State usually plays very good against most North Carolina teams. That's just been their history. They're giant killers. They've always been that way. Not being but, in the, all, the American Conference, they're only playing Carolina teams, it feels like. Yeah, yeah it definitely <laughs> feels that way, but – uh, UNC last week they surprised. Like, okay, let me take that back. They surprised because <laughs> I mean I had them getting better this year than they were last year. They definitely the defense did surprise me though. Yeah. The defense played extremely well against South Carolina. I don't know if it was Spencer Rattler that didn't play up to his capabilities as we usually see Spencer playing, but that secondary looked amazing against him. They played very well. If they can get a little bit more pressure on the front end, that'd be great. But their secondary looked great. They played very well against them. So um, the offense did what I expected them to. Uh, Drake May, he's a dog. He's going to get his yards. He's going to make those completions I need to. I mean, he's looking to be a Heisman front runner this year. So I'm going with UNC with this one, and I don't think it's going to be a close ball game. I think they're going to put up 35 against them over App State, maybe putting up 17. Aaron, how about you? I think UNC is going to crush them. The more I think about it, just uh, App State, don't get me wrong, good school, real nice place. Just UNC has definitely been firing. Yeah. They're off on cylinders, especially the first week. I think it's going to be similar to what Dylan said, 35. But I think App State only scores seven because UNC is just going to crush them. That's probably what he's they're going to coach be coached up to do as well. It's like, hey. Finish this game quick and finish it early. Let's be done. See, Carolina had one guy last week, a linebacker, name is slipping my mind right now, but he had eight tackles, uh, four of which were for loss, and he was the defensive player of the game that game. So, you know, he's been there for a few years, solid guy. Um, and then wait, uh, App State, this is their first year with a new quarterback after having the same one for about three years. Um, their previous quarterback played at Duke, the – he went from Duke to Clemson and Clemson to Duke and then went to App State now. Um, so first time that they're not having him as their starting quarterback. So I, I'm favoring UNC in this one. I'm kind of leaning more towards how you guys are, 35, 38. I was kind of thinking more 38 in my realm. And I was thinking maybe the 10. So kind of in the middle of both of y'all. Yeah. Um, now we do have one game for sure. That's a top 24 matchup, top 25 matchup. Um, we got number 20, Ole Miss, and number 24, Tulane. In Tulane, who you guys got? Ole Miss all day. Just because of he's playing Kiffin's kind of coaching the same way he's always coaching. All right, boys, we're going to run out and start shooting. I don't care how much we score, but we're not going to stop. That yeah. is the only goal I have and the only one I want to have. We're just going to nonstop score. Yeah, That's all he cares about. That's all that's going to happen. I think it's just going to be an absolute runaway of a game. <clears throat> what, what do you think the score is? Uh, Ole Miss, 45. Tulane, I'll give them 14. Okay. Dylan, how about you? 
That's disrespect, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. Kiffin, that's why he teaches. Stab him in the kidneys, run off with it. That's what he teaches. <laughs> Stab him in the kidneys. That's <laughs> literally what Lane Kiffin was taught by Nick Saban. I don't care how much you win by, but it better be a lot, or I'm going to grill you and the entire team. You got it? Yeah. Uh, man, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on this, to be honest with you. Just because I mean, Ole Miss they put up 73 points last week. They had two quarters where they scored 28 points alone. Uh, mm-hmm. That is flat out ridiculous. Uh, I know they played Mercer, but still, <laughs> like that's a lot of points. Hey, Mercer still holds the record, sixty nine points, and their kicker missed a field goal on purpose. Okay, so Mercer, Mercer had some respect in my book. Yeah, yeah <laughs> respect on my name. But um, I mean, you just got a battle of high caliber offenses here. Americans always known for their great offenses and absolutely zero defense. And that's the part that I was, now I'm worried about with Tulane. Um, Michael Pratt looked amazing in week one. Um, that whole entire offense played extremely well, but they still allowed South Alabama to score 17 points, which that worries me a little bit whenever they play bigger opponents opponents like this. So I'm going to go at Ole Miss here, and I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. I'm going – uh, Ole Miss is going to score 54 to Tulane scoring 37. Wow. Okay. So you say Ole Miss 54 to what? I'm sorry. Uh, Tulane to 37. 37. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm high on the Tulane train. I think Tulane's a great team. Uh, I think they definitely could win the American Conference this year. Um, they do show, like last year, they did show that they have some fight in them and they won some big games and things like that. I definitely think Ole Miss, if they play to the standards that they play last week, you know, where they held team, held Mercer to zero, put up 73 points, blah, blah, blah. You know, if they play like that again, I definitely have it. I don't have as high scoring as you guys do. I have it a lot closer. I have it at 42 to 35. So, yeah. I just, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Tulane will be able to score on their defense. I mean, Ole Miss doesn't have a great defense, but they're they're still capable of stopping somebody from scoring the ball. And Tulane, as much as I like them, I do I do like that team. I think they're a very solid team, and they can make a run again this year to get in the bowl game. Uh, I just don't know if they're at that caliber. As of right now, I don't believe that they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're learning – you know, that, that's one of the teams that is learning right now. So I, I think that it's, you know, I, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm keeping it close, but I'm still favoring Old Miss in it. It's just you don't know what you're going to get out of Tulane depending on the opponent they play. Because right. I feel like they play down to their opponent and then they play up to their better opponent. So I'm like, it's kind of that mix that we saw about five, six years ago with Carolina when Sam House became the freshman quarterback there. You saw them play up against, like, Clemson and those kind of teams, but then you saw them play down to, like, Northwestern or not Northwestern like uh, Campbell and stuff like that. So, you know, I think Ole Miss is definitely going to definitely pull that one out. Um, But speaking of a good game, um, we have Nebraska, Colorado. We saw what Prime's team can do last week. We saw the 510 yards thrown by a QB. We saw the two-way players. We saw it all just to pull out that victory against TCU. In Dallas, by the way, too. This time they're at home, okay? They're playing Nebraska at home. So Matt Rule, first time coaching in college since he was at Baylor about four years ago, five years ago now. Um, 
Who you guys got? Dylan, we'll start with you. I'm actually kind of surprised by this because according to ESPN analytics, they have Nebraska a 58% favorite to win this game. Well, it's, it could be because of the hype that have, you know, like when you get so, when you beat such a great opponent or like you to have that Trump, usually your emotions fall real quick. Yeah, but if you look at the numbers, that makes absolutely zero sense. Exactly. Their quarterback last week threw for 114 yards and three interceptions against Minnesota. Hey, we got to remember, Martinez is not there anymore, so they're not throwing interceptions like they were before. Ah, yeah. Yes, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I don't understand that that prediction because I mean, Shadur looked amazing. Shadur. He looked amazing. I always, wow. I'm always afraid I'm going to mispronounce his name if I don't see it written out. No, that's what we're calling him now. Shadar, <laughs> Shadar, the hell out of the ball. Uh, I absolutely love seeing him uh, sling the Picton around the yard, dude. Oh, he, yeah. he, he looked really, really good. He looked very comfortable in the pocket, and he, he hit a magnitude of different receivers. Um, Dylan Edwards, he looked amazing as well. Uh, Travis Hunter's going to do Travis Hunter things. I mean, if Travis- there's I like be a person that's going to be like the show a of NCAA football and both ways and look to see if he can win a Heisman trophy this year. Now, can he do it all year long? That's the real question. I believe he'll be able to do it all year long, but you know, like there's freaks out there and he's definitely will tell. Yeah. Time will definitely tell on that. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with ESPN. Like I usually do. Um, They're, Ever since they took it off Spectrum, I've been disagreeing with them. Oh, everybody's pissed off. (laughs) We went and downloaded Sling TV, so that way we can watch stuff on ESPN now. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I have Colorado big in this game. I think they're going to drop 40 against Nebraska. Maybe Nebraska will score. I'll give them 21 points just to be nice, but I don't even think they'll do that. You say Colorado had? Uh, 40. And Aaron, how about you? I got Colorado by a lot. Travis Hunter is a dog. Like there's there's yeah, no ifs ands or buts. Travis Travis Hunter <laughs> is I'm hyped over as hell for him. He's just so good. Yeah. He's so consistent too. I mean, during the game, people were talking crap to him like you're overrated, you're overrated. Mealy gets two TDs and gets a pick. Yep. Like dog, you're already doing two sides of the ball yep. and you're playing very, very well. Like it's what do you, what do you think the score is gonna be of that game? I think Coach Prime says, all right, boys, I want 50. They're going to get uh, 51, and then uh, the other one, let's just go with 21. He'll be nice and let him score. You guys are much. really nice. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I chose – But, you know, I'm trying to be nice here. I chose Colorado as well. Um, I'm having this as a runaway game for Colorado. Uh, I, I believe you're right with them picking 50 points. I went with 54 to seven. So massive blowout um, just because Nebraska is Nebraska and they've never been good since the 1970s, like, 70s, 80s, whatever it's been now. So, you know, that's where I'm at. But we're going to end off on probably the most exciting game that we can expect this weekend with the Texas Longhorns versus Alabama Crimson Tide. Aaron, we're going to hold you to the very end. We're going to let – Aaron or Dylan and I go, and then we'll let you go so you can give give your point for as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by ESPN on this one. There's no wonder that Spectrum took them off because they're <laughs> absolutely horrendous. Well, 
Yeah, they because they have Alabama an 81% favorite against Texas. I think Texas is going to put up a little bit more of a fight than that. Um, I do have Alabama in this game. Jalen Milrow looked excellent. He didn't have to throw the ball very much. He only had 194 yards, but you see what he did on the run as well, alongside with his running back. So they look very good. Um, they're going to be a your normal disciplined Alabama team. Uh, Nick Saban's got the boys ready to go. Uh, Texas. Alabama. Huh? You got Alabama? Yeah, I've got Bama. Um, I think it's it's going to be – it ain't going to be a runaway. Um, I'm going to go Alabama 32 to Texas 25. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think, but Bama, they're, they're still going to have that upper edge. All right. Well, I'm with you. I think Bama's definitely going to win the game, but I think you're going to see a high-scoring game. Um, I'm kind of looking – you know, Ewers is there. It's his second year under that offense. Um, they do have dogs on the wings now for their wide receivers. They got a decent running game. Offensive line is not terrible. We'll have to see how they hold up. Um, defense isn't horrible. I I think Bama is definitely going to outscore them and not even have to try on defense. That's how easily I think Bama is going to be able to score in some ways. Um, because now you definitely have a true dual threat quarterback and the first one since Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. So having Tua and Matt Jones there, that kind of took away that dim- that two-dimensional quarterback. Um, he definitely tell he's matured a lot because even on that play that he ran in for a touchdown, his very first thought was to look up for a receiver. Yeah. It was yeah. to like strain to running a ball. So something like that, like I kind of pay attention to and – he really impressed me on that. I think he's matured a lot. And, and he's looking to get out of bounds more than he was to gain extra yardage after the run, too. He's like, okay, I got the first down. Now I need to get out of bounds. But then there was times where he's like, well, I don't need to do that. I, can, I still have a straight path. I can get an extra 5, 10 yards without getting hit. Um, so that's why I'm saying Alabama. But I have it close. I just have it high scoring. I have it 54 to 42. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I, th- I just think it's going to be a whole lot of offense. I don't know how much the defense is actually going to step in there for either team. I wasn't impressed with either team's like defense one hundred percent last week, so I'm, I'm that's why I'm saying a little bit higher scoring. But we all know who the Cooper man is going to choose. Roll Tide, whore. So <laughs> Alabama's going to win by a lot, fifty four twenty eight. It's my score. I'm already going to say that Alabama's quarterback has improved a ton from last year. He, last year, when I first saw him, was like, ah, he's definitely got the legs, doesn't have the arm. His arm has gotten a lot better, and Nick Saban's probably grilling him, saying, hey, if you mess up, I'm going to put in someone else who has a better arm. So you got to show up, which he's been showing up. The defense did not look great. The defense had to figure out a few things, but the defense is going to get a lot better. Defense has a lot of of good talent, a lot of raw talent, a lot of good talent. The offense... Per usual, Alabama has receivers. You, I don't remember you being there last year, but he's still pretty good. Yeah, I Alabama. There's so many four or five star recruits. It's not even funny. Alabama is gonna probably roll over Texas. Texas was good last year, gave him a fight, but Alabama remembers that, and they're gonna play them a lot harder this year. They're gonna. I hope so. I, I would like to see Bama kill Texas fifty-four to zero. Like they are gonna beat them. I hate Texas with passion. So, but with that. We thank you for joining us on the Athletes Table. Well, actually, the Midweek Breakdown hosted by the Athletes Table. And this is your crew, Dylan, Aaron, and the Lebanese Stallion. Peace. Peace.
This is a Beyond Sports Media production. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube.